You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. One meaning of distant is an estrangement, is when two people that were at one time close start treating each other like strangers. And Depending on what caused the breakup, they would not only treat each other like strangers, but would treat each other like enemies. Start talking about one another. And some of you in here, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Because you've had at least one person in your life that you and that person were very close until something happened. And, and, and then after that particular happening, you tried to get as far away from that person as possible. Even when folk ask you in reference to your relationship, why y'all don't hang the way you used to, you, you don't even want to talk about it. Or if you do talk about it, you say some harsh words in reference to the person you used to be close to. Look, look, look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to act like you know what he's talking about. But you do. Woo, look at one more person and say the old same words. You don't have to act. I've, I've seen it in the church. I've, I've seen folk in the church, they were just as close. Then all of a sudden, it just stopped. And I've even went so far as that. Look, what, why are you and so-and-so y'all ain't close as y'all used to be? I don't really want to talk about it. Okay, I lead it. Let me go on then. I said, but let me ask you one thing. You still say, right? And you know that's your sister and you got the love. Uh, you, you know? Because sometimes you can get too close. I said sometimes you can get too close. That's the reason it's best to only get show enough tight with a person only if God allows it. You, you hear me? But you can get to the point to where you start treating somebody you used to be tight with like an enemy. Talk about how, how, how they do this, that, and the other, and how, you know, I just don't like, says, 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 says. 
but you were tight. Now, the root meaning of distance is standing apart. Standing apart. Portrait of something that should be connected, but is not connected. Theologically, two people that God ordained to be on the same page, but something has happened, and they're both off the page. And because God put it together and they're off the page, that means that they're in sin or out of the will of God. And there are a number of things that can cause people to be distant. Fear. Trouble. You can get mad at somebody and just don't want to hang with them. Matter of fact, look at, look at uh, somebody and just ask him or her, do you know one reason, you know one reason? why people may be at a distance from one another. Go ahead and tell them that reason. See, some of y'all don't even want to talk this morning. Come on, talk a little bit. See, see, you, you have to understand something, though. If God has ordained for people to be connected, that means it's dangerous when they stand apart. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 12 and 25, in part, a house divided is not going to stand. Productivity is not going to take place the way it should. Then he talked about how to be brought into desolation. It'll be brought into a place of despair or unhappiness. You're not going to be happy when, when you're apart from somebody you should be with. I may mess up, but I ain't leaving Jesus. I, I know I couldn't, I, I couldn't last the night without talking to him. Matter of fact, if it was a choice between me severing my relationship with you and Jesus, I might as well kiss you goodbye. Me and you done. Because I ain't giving up Jesus for... Nobody. I tell the Lord, Lord, I messed up, but I ain't going nowhere. Lord, it's me. I blew it again, but guess what? I ain't going nowhere. I value my relationship with Jesus. Woo! Will you ask somebody for me? Do you value what you have with the Lord? I 
I value my time praying to him. I value my time worshiping him. I value my time reading about him. I read the Bible every day. Study it several times a week. But, but I read it every day because I value my Jesus. And Jesus revealed that when you read from Genesis to Revelation, it's talking about him. It's talking about him. Everything you read from Genesis to Revelation is talking about Emmanuel, God with us. It's talking about the truth. And Jesus revealed in John 14 and 6, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. It's talking about the word. Jesus revealed in John 1, 1 through 3, and then verse 14 that he is the word. Genesis to Revelation talks about Jesus. I value my relationship with him. I value him more than anything or anybody. I can't live without him. I have reached that point to where I can't live without him. I love him that much and I know some of you do too. You will fight about your Jesus. You get upset when you hear folk ask dumb questions like, why did this happen? Where was God? God was where he always is, in charge, being the sovereign, being the God of gods. That means he's over all gods, even those false ones that folk worship. There is nobody like him in the absolute sense. You agree with that by a show of hands? And so it's important to understand that, that we should value our relationship with him. So whatever he tells us to do, we need, we need to do it. Just like he, he tells us simple things like in Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find, knock, and it'll be open. Everything he says, I, I strive to do it. He, he tells us uh, in Luke 6 and 38, give, I strive to give. He tells us in Luke 18 and 1 that we ought to always pray. I make it my business throughout the day to just pray. Why? That's what Jesus said to do. Gave a new command. You're going to know disciples by this. They're going to have love one for the other. And you know it takes something to love everybody. Every Christian. I said it takes something to love every Christian. Because we'll say, but we still got attitudes. Notice I said we. So don't be acting like you ain't got no attitude. Yeah, 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 you got an attitude. Everybody in here is something about you that everybody don't like. Some of us, is two or three things about us that folks <laughs> But everybody in here, no matter how wonderful you think you are, is at least one thing that that folk don't like about you. I said it's at least one thing that folk don't like about you. And don't try to stress your brain trying to figure out what it is. You don't like everything about everybody. You can find something wrong with everybody. I don't like the way she talk. Yeah, I heard what they said, but, you, but she got an attitude. Something, it's something you don't like about everybody. 
even your child. There's something about your child you don't like. Something about your spouse you don't like. Look at the person beside you. There's something about that person you're looking at right now you don't like. Yeah. That's right. I don't even know the person good because if you hang with them enough... What you don't like about them will manifest. Because as people, it's in our nature not to like something about others. It's in our nature. It's so in our nature to where we we can even look at ourselves and not like something about And if you can find something you don't like about yourself, you can find something you don't like about somebody. And this is, this is the thing right here, too. There are even some things that we don't like about God. Oh, now you're trying to look holy. Not me. Yeah, you. I mean, it can be simple. Like, I prayed God. God didn't say nothing. I, I thought he would do such and such. You didn't like that about him. Because he didn't do it the way you thought he should have did it. But see, when, when Jesus put that love thing out there, saying, look, you're going you to know disciples. They're going to love one another. That means you're going to be committed to doing what's best, despite what you don't like about a person. Because like it or not, you're going to not like everything about people. Woo! Even though God may do some things that we don't like as humans, if you are a true worship of Jesus, you know without question that the saying that can't nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus is a true saying. <laughs> Am I right about it? Even though you may not agree with everything, you know can't nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. And when it comes to scripture, to the disciples of Jesus, the one person that knew point blank that Jesus was real, and that could nobody but nobody do him like Jesus was Peter. It was Peter. Peter knew the Lord was real because the Lord had, had performed a miracle for Peter. Or many miracles, but one miracle in particular for Peter that, that Peter knew. This, this man is legit. He's the real thing. The miracle being, Peter had been fishing, couldn't catch anything, and he was a professional fisherman. And so Jesus, after using his boat to minister the word, said to Peter, launch out into the deep 
get you some fish. Peter said, hey, Lord, I, I done been fishing. It just ain't nothing out there today. They ain't biting today, Lord. They ain't biting. I done tried. I done, matter of fact, I done been out there for a while. They ain't biting. And some of y'all know how when they ain't biting, they ain't biting. You bought the worms, but they ain't biting. You even went and got you some crookers, they still ain't biting. Use the fall stuff, but, it's sti- but they still ain't biting. But Peter said, okay, Jesus, I, I done been out there. They wasn't biting, but it's your word. Because you said it. I'm going to do it. Long story short, he took Jesus at his word and caught more fish than he could handle. He had to call for other folks to help him. That's how big the catch was. And so Peter knew without question, even though it was not stated in Scripture, that what had happened was a miracle was a miracle. Jesus had given Peter in in one setting a blessing that was good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Just because he took him at his word. So, So Peter knew the significance of taking the Lord at his word. So Jesus knew that his hour of giving his life for the whole world was approaching. You know John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Jesus had supper with his disciples and said, look, I'm getting ready to go, getting ready to die. And then he even told them, say, look, this night, uh, when they come get me, all y'all going to scatter. You're going to be gone. Peter, again, who knew to take Jesus at his word, said, Lord, all of them may leave you, but you know who I am. I'm Peter. I'm the rock man. Because that's what his name means, rock. I'm Petra. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, Peter. You're going to deny me. You're going to deny me, Peter. Matter of fact, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny me, Peter. And it's going to be a reminder of what I'm telling you because you're going to hear the rooster crow. How many ever heard a rooster crow? If you hadn't, come to Hewlett one day and we'll see if we we can make that happen for you. And so finally, Jesus was taken after worship. Had been worshiping. And after worship, he he was taken by guards who worked for the high priest. That's who he was taken by, guards who worked for the high priest. And, And you... Could ask the question, why in the world would 
a preacher want Jesus to be arrested? Um, let me show you. Why does our priest and other religious folks wanted Jesus arrested? Y'all stay with me. Go with me to uh, Matthew 26. I'm going to start at verse 3. Well, no, no, no. Let me start at verse 1. Give you more clarity. Matthew 26 and 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified, which is to be put to death. Verse 3. Then the chief priests... The scribes and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and plotted to take Jesus by, help me, and do what? That's something, man. Now these are religious folk that wanted a man that was teaching the truth dead. They going to trick him and do what? They're going to trick him and do what? This is a lesson for church folk. Don't play no games in church. They're going to trick him and what? They're going to trick him and what? Now notice, they they sitting around agreeing. Coming up with schemes how they can trick a good man and kill him. This is what's happening. And so back in Luke 22, their plan began to unfold. Now, they had to make sure that what they did would stick. Because, see, they wanted to make sure Jesus got crucified or killed. But they didn't want their hands to be dirty. They wanted to act like they were innocent even though they were guilty. You hear me? And, and even in our day and time, there, there are religious folks that would tell you it, it wasn't part of the Jews, the high priests, the elders, and the scribes in the text that I just read uh, in uh, Matthew 26. They were Jewish. But there are religious folks that would tell you it was not Jews that were behind the plot of killing Jesus. Trying to keep their hands clean. But they were. They were religious, but they were also Jewish. I said they were religious, but they were also Jewish. Church folk. Folk that knew the scripture. Folk that taught the scripture were behind killing Jesus. Some of the most dangerous folks you know are folk that know scripture. Some of the most deadly folk you know are folk that know scripture. But because their heart is contaminated 
they will not live according to the will of God. Are we still understanding? And so they had arrested him and they were going to take him to a religious court because what they needed is to find him guilty, first of all, in the religious court. And after finding him guilty in the religious court, they they would then take him to the secular court and basically allow what they deemed sinners to kill Jesus. They would start off the killing by accusing him of a crime that was worthy of death. And then they would allow sinners or secular folk to conclude it by carrying it out. Say to your neighbor, low down. You ever seen folk that, that, that start something, but then when everything started to go down, act like they ain't got nothing to do with it. And then some start something, then when everything started to go down, uh, man, what's going on? What they doing over there? You started it, you ought to know. I know it ain't nobody like that on your rope. And so they're, they're taking Jesus to this religious court and Jesus is by himself. The prophecy has come to pass that that he prophesied at dinner that y'all going to scatter. He's by himself. Everybody else scattering. But but then the verse focuses in on Peter. And see the significance of of it focusing in on Peter is that Peter was not just one of the twelve. Peter, when you look at His role in scripture as a disciple was the primary leader. Jesus would often call Peter, James, and John. but, But even when you look, Peter was the primary leader of the disciples. And so Peter trying to hang on. To what he told Jesus. They may scatter. They may leave. But I'm going to be right here. But notice the text focusing in on, on him. Yes, following Jesus. But now it's from a distance. As are some church folk. Oh, you tell folks you, you are a member of a place of refuge. But you're following from a distance. Yeah, I'm a member over there, but you don't want you 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 try to you try you follow another distance. I'm a member, but I don't do all that dance. Woo! I don't do all that waving of the hand, I, I, that victory turning and all that. I'm a member though. Yeah, I know Pastor Walker teach all that giving and stuff like that. I give, but I, I, I do what I can. I hear what he's saying, but, but I got my own convictions. 
Say to your neighbor, you're following at a distance. If it ain't right, don't do it. But if it's right, put your whole heart into it. Don't just praise him when it's your song. If you're going to praise him, praise him when it ain't your song. Praise him when the choir is not on the pulpit or the Praise him when there's no music going on. Praise him when the praise team is not up. Say to your neighbor, if you're going to follow him, follow him. I don't agree with everything, Pastor. Say what you mean. Clarify yourself now. You're following the man. Follow the man. If you're going to do 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, do it. What is 1 Corinthians 11 and 1? When Paul said to the church of Corinth, imitate me. As I imitate Christ. So here he is. Apart from Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if, if you call yourself following the Lord. But you make sure you keep your distance. Because you still want to do a little something. something. You doing what the old folk call straddling the fence. Y'all didn't know it was going to turn like this, did you? <laughs> Say your neighbor, he doesn't turn on us. <laughs> He's trying to put us on the same path with Peter. Yeah, because we got some distant followers. You just can't tithe when you're happy or when you done got an extra bonus on your check. <laughs> if you're going to follow him, even when it's tight tired, even when you're going through trials and tribulations don't just praise him when you're feeling good on the inside cause you just had something wonderful happen to you when everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life you still need to give God the praise you still need to turn in victory don't ever be a part time follower Just don't talk about how, how you like to hear your preacher teach when he's teaching on something you like to hear talked about. But I'm teaching something that's stepping on your toes, that's making you mad, that's making you upset, that's vexing you. Talk about your preacher in a nice way. And, and, and so Peter... He wouldn't get close to Jesus. But, but now this is the thing right here. Then, then what happened according to the text. Back in Luke 22, 54 and following. They kindled a fire. Now he wouldn't go and join Jesus. In the religious court setting. But when they kindled the fire. He went and got by the fire. And this is the thing. He got by the fire in order to blend in. He got by the fire in order to blend in. 
See, because when they got Jesus, they knew we're going to have to find some of his followers too. Because if we get him and we don't get them, we're going to end up having the same trouble. And, and so Peter got, got by the fire again just to, just to blend in. Ain't it amazing how folk try to blend in with sinners? But no matter how you try to blend in, it's just if you truly Christian, you ain't going to blend in. It's just like today if some of us would just say, you know what, I'm going to backslide. I'm going back to the club. You wouldn't fit in. You wouldn't fit in. Uh, can, can you imagine you, you done been in church 10 years and then all of a sudden you're going to backslide. You're going back to the club. You've been getting filled with the Holy Ghost, but now you finna backslide and go get you some Jack Daniel. You ain't going to fit in. Say to your neighbor, once you taste of Jesus, and then try to go back and fit in, it ain't going to work for you. I said it ain't going to work for you. Can you imagine being in the club and, and, and they playing this, that, and the other, but the only thing you hearing is Jesus. And then you couldn't blend in because there will always be somebody that knows who you are. Can you imagine me at a jazz club in the back? I ain't sure, but that looked like Rev Walker. <laughs> and, and, and so Peter, by the fire, but then the text focuses in on a servant girl. And she just dismissed everybody that was around her and just focused, the Bible says, intently upon Peter. Peter trying to blend in, but, but the girl looking and say, he was with him. That's one of them Christians, right? That. Yeah, she trying to dance on the, on, she, I see out there dancing to that mute, but look. She ain't dancing like she in church. That ain't, she ain't. Say to your neighbor, he was trying to fit in. But he wasn't fitting in. And so she said to him, you were with him. You were a follower of Jesus. You were with him. There you go at the club. Hey, 
Pastor Walker, no, you go to the club. I know you go to that church because I done visited there. You on the praise team. Yeah, you lead that song. Uh, I can't think of it, but I know I done saw you up there. When, when the men club were down here, they used to have men that were, that were deacons on Sunday taking up money. But can you imagine Deacon Holland down there taking up money? Can you imagine that? He couldn't blend in, could he? Say to your neighbor once, God gets a hope in you. Once God baptized you into his spirit. You can't blend in. It's hard to settle for something else once you have tasted the goodness of Jesus. Once you have been blessed by God, it's hard just to go back and and deal in all that old dumb stuff you used to do. But Peter was so afraid. And because Peter had said something out of his mouth, Jesus had to put the word on. And here Peter is fearful that he won't be exposed as well as he has a prophecy on him. You're going to deny me. You're afraid. And the leader you should be with done told you you're going to deny him. And just as sure as we here on a Sunday morning, Peter said when the girl identified him or exposed him, I don't know him. I don't know him. You don't know him? The one that healed your mother-in-law, you don't know him? The one that gave you the good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, blessed, you don't know him? know him lying because of fear but denying because prophecy has already been spoken then he went on to deny him a couple of more times and then the the rooster crowed then Peter revealed why he couldn't blend in with sinners. Couldn't blend in even though he was trying to blend in. He started crying. Grown man crying bitterly. Knowing that what he had done was wrong. 
knowing that Jesus had, had exposed him, had told him the conclusion before it even manifested. Couldn't take it. And so he wept bitterly. Bitterly. Wept bitterly as a distant follower in his mind. I done denied the very one that turned my life completely around. And see, so you have to think about that. Even when it comes to giving God his tithes and offerings, can, can you imagine week in and week out you're robbing him, but no, the very one that helped me through school, helped me get this job, I'm robbing him. The very one that healed my body, here I am, staying at home with a headache and won't go worship him. Distant follow. The very one that did for me what my own family, my own friends wouldn't do for me. And here I am, not doing the one thing that he asked me to do. Distant follow. Peter wept bitterly and, and Peter made up in his mind that day. That day. And it's evident in what he, he did from that day forth. He made up in his mind never again. Will I deny him? Never again will I take his word lightly. I didn't read this, but, but, but it came to pass that when Jesus had finally been crucified and he got up from the dead and he finally seen Peter, the thing he asked Peter reflected on on. Peter's bad decision as well as the prophecy coming to pass. He asked Peter, hey, do you love me? Because see, Peter didn't show that he loved that he was committed to Christ. Primary word for love is commitment. Doing what's best. Do you love me, Peter? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. And then finally, Peter understood that, look, you submit to him as Lord. Whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. And then after Peter finally realized what he had did and what he needed to do from that time forward, he never denied Jesus. Never denied Jesus. And, and this is the thing, if you ever get a chance, when you get to the book of Acts, especially Acts the fourth chapter, the very folk that Jesus had went before brought Peter before them. Same setting. Same type setting. A religious setting. And told Peter, look, you can't preach in the name of Jesus no more. You can't do this, that, and the other in the name of Jesus no more. Instead of Peter denying, instead of Peter saying he ain't going to do it, Peter continued 
doing the will of God. What had happened? He had stopped being a distant follower. They beat him, turned him loose, and he continued to do what does saith God. Peter learned somewhat the hard way that if you're going to follow Jesus, it don't need to be distant. If you're going to praise him, just don't praise him when you feel like praise. If you're going to serve him, just don't serve him when it's convenient. If you're going to magnify him, just don't do it when everything in your life is wonderful. Learn how to serve, to follow, to magnify, to adore God, even when everything in your life is in chaos. Nothing is going right. Say to your, never, ne- say to your neighbor, never, never. Be, a be a distant follower. And if you are, do what Peter did. Repent. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.